you're visiting with us, we are working our way through this amazing book of Romans. And as we come to this passage, we're really coming to a, a transitional uh, passage in that, in a way, it summarizes what has come before and then leads us into the rest of the book of Romans. And uh, for that reason, we're, we're going to approach it in two ways. In fact, it's another one of those passages. I know I've already told you this from commentators' perspective uh, uh, earlier about one of the passages we went through being one of the most difficult in, in the Scripture. And uh, this is another one of those that uh, most commentators say is, uh, this, this is a biggie, it's... Uh, it takes some real interpretation. So we're going we're gonna to approach it in two ways. Today, as we approach the table, um, we're going to, to look at it uh, from the big picture. And then next week, of course, is Anniversary Sunday, so we're going to step out of Romans for a week and focus on uh, some other things uh, during worship. And then the following week, we're going to come back to this passage, and then we're going to go through it verse by verse. Um, so if today uh, you feel like, wow, there's still a lot in that passage I don't understand, it, it's okay. Um, in fact, in three weeks after we're done, if you, uh, if you say that, uh, that's understandable. Uh, because uh, these, these, the truths that are here uh, have such depth that what we're talking about is a lifetime of study. So um, let's read the, the first portion of this passage, uh, beginning with verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned, for sin indeed was <coughs> in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those uh, whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow together. Father, every week when we come to these moments, in fact, every time we open your word, we, we utterly <coughs> depend upon your precious Holy Spirit to give us understanding, to teach us, to challenge us, to mold us, to comfort us. And we ask for that today, that you would use your word, you would help us to understand what we need to of your glorious grace, your amazing love. And we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. See what I mean when I read that? 
there's a lot there and uh, a lot to be really studied. And, and so in this passage, what we have is uh, two representatives of mankind and our union with those two representatives. On the one hand, how we have union with Adam and all of the destruction that having union with Adam brings. And then on the other hand, for those who would trust in Christ alone for eternal life, how we have union with Jesus Christ. And all of the glory and all of the reward that that in itself brings. That leads us to a doctrine. Let's do a little theology here. Can't go through Romans without uh, doing a lot of theology. But what we have here is uh, the doctrine that we, we call federal headship. Sometimes we, uh, some theologians speak of federalism. And that doctrine is this, that, that there is uh, one who by covenant represents someone else. And that's what it's talking about here, with Adam and then Christ. Now, one of our problems as uh, Americans, I, I think most of us here uh, are from this country, one of our problems with a doctrine like that is we like to think in terms of our own individualism, our own responsibility. And, uh, and, and we, we tend to glory in that. So when we hear that, that there's someone else that represented us and, and we, in Adam's case, we are reaping the negative benefits of that. There can be a little bit of uh, uh, off-putting uh, feeling with that. But I want to challenge you with that kind of thinking because we are more used to the whole idea of representative ideas than, uh, than we like to admit. Let me give you just a couple of examples. It, college football season has started. There is that old saying about football that it is uh, 22 boys on the field desperately in need of a rest, being watched by 50,000 in the stands desperately in need of exercise. <laughs> now that's the representative idea, isn't it? Uh, I was on a, a trip this week, and I was riding, uh, it was in, uh, I was in Kansas City riding a, a shuttle to the airport from my hotel, and the driver had on a Kansas City Chiefs uh, jersey with a number and with a name, and uh, they had played the night before in their last preseason game. So I said, uh, so... Did they win last night? Yeah, we won. 
Get it? We won. Well, how's, how's the team going to do? Well, I think we got a good, you know, and he, went, he started going into it. He so identified with them that he dressed like them. He, uh, he said, we. Now, he, as far as I know, he wasn't even at the game. <laughs> he had nothing to do with what happened on the field. And yet, you know, with college football, Gamecocks, Tigers, we won. I wasn't going to use that if one or the other team lost today, but, but we won, okay? And that, so we understand the, the idea and the whole idea of being identified and using terms like that. Now, the other thing that's uh, big out there right now are <clears throat> the elections. And a lot of you have real heartburn right now because you don't really want to be represented by... (laughs) I think you get it here. And yet we know that we will be electing men and women that will represent us, will make decisions that will impact us. And that's how our society works. So, so that's, this isn't a foreign idea that we, we sometimes like to push it off as, this whole idea of this uh, federal headship. Um, we understand we're used to representatives. When it comes to sin, the Bible tells us this. We sinned in Adam. We're just two simple points today. The first one being we sinned in Adam. Verse 12, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Now, in the Hebrew, Adam means mankind. People in uh, the Bible times, they understood that concept. Like I say, we tend to have a problem with it. Think of the Olympics recently. You know, the Olympic uh, swimmers win, and we're we're all going, USA, USA. Those same guys get in trouble with the police, and it's like, whoa, you know, who are those guys? And that's how we tend to be with with Adam, I think. You know, it was all good when, you know, when he was walking with God. And then he makes a mistake, and, you know, mistake, sin came into the world. He, he falls into sin as our representative, and we want to go, well, that, you know, that's not fair. I, I don't like that. So mankind, here's here's the concept, was present and actually sinned in Adam, according to the Bible. Adam wasn't a, a mere representative for mankind showing what we would have done if we had been there uh, and had the same temptation. We were Adam, is what the Scripture is saying. 
F.F. Bruce, a commentator, says, Adam is mankind, and as Adam, we sinned. And his nature was passed on to us. He wasn't just our example. He wasn't just an influence. When he sinned, we sinned. Now here's a key concept. We are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. Say it again. We're not sinners because we sin. We sin because it is our very nature. It is who we are outside of Christ. And that's why we sin. It's what comes naturally. It is our default mode. Now, back to the objection. Well, how is that fair? I wasn't there. How can I be guilty of something that I didn't actually do? Now, here's the implication. The implication is this. If, when, when we object that way. If I'd been there, I wouldn't have done that. Right? Isn't that the implication? Or, or at least the, the other part of the objection is, well, I, I at least, if I'm going to bear the responsibility, I, I want at least a shot at it. Here's some things to think about. First of all, God can work his universe any way he wants. If he wants to work through representatives, he is entitled to do that, and that is how he chose to work. Second thing is, Adam was actually the best champion that we could have had at the time. He had experienced all the blessings of God. The temporal blessings in the garden. He had everything. And not only that, he walked with God. He knew him directly. He would have been the one we should have picked out of the whole human race if we had had a vote. He would have been our best shot at this. And we have to understand God can do a better job than we in terms of fairly picking the right representative. The fact is God didn't just pick him. He created Adam to be the perfect representative for us. But then the third thing, if you want to object about Adam representing us, be careful that you're objecting that that's the way God chooses to work through representatives. Because if you throw out that one representative, you're going to end up throwing out the other representative, and that's Jesus Christ, who represented us on the cross and actually paid for the sin of his people. And that brings us to the second point, just two, two uh, I say simple points. We all sinned in Adam. The good news is we will be righteous in Christ. 
verse 15 and verse 19. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through the one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Verse 19. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now again, back to objecting to federal headship or federalism. We need to understand that not, not only should we not object, we should be thankful for it because it, it actually illustrates and it shows us again God's grace since the failure of our first federal head took place, the only way for us to be saved would be by the non-failure, by the success of another federal head. And that's what we have in Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus did. Like with our first head, Adam, when he sinned, we all sin with Jesus when he lived a perfectly righteous life, those who are united with him will be found to be righteous as well. So it's not about your actions. It's about his, if you trust in him alone. That's what we call union with Christ. I want to read you... uh, a couple of quotes in terms of that, that what union uh, with Christ really means. Uh, James Stewart, this is not Jimmy Stewart, this is the Scottish theologian James Stewart, said, the heart of Paul's religion is union with Christ. This might surprise you in terms of its importance. This more than any other conception, more than justification, more than sanctification, more even than reconciliation, is the key which unlocks the secrets of his soul. And then John Murray wrote, Union with Christ is the central truth of the whole doctrine of salvation. So every time we say the phrase, in Christ, we are talking about union with Christ. Paul used that phrase in his epistles 25 times. In Christ. In Christ. And he was talking about union with Christ. John 15, Jesus, we are the branches. Jesus is the vine. That's union with Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, Jesus is the head and we are the body. That's union with Christ. 1 Peter 2, Christ is the foundation and we are the living stones joined to the foundation. And of course the illustration of marriage between a husband and a wife ultimately points of the union between Christ and believers. Christ and his people. That's union with Christ. And the fact is that this table, this table actually signifies our union 
with Christ. This is my body, which is for you. Eat. This blood is the new covenant. Drink. What's he saying here? We aren't literally eating and drinking the body and the blood. But it means when we trust in him for our eternal life, we have such union with him, he is as much a part of us as what we eat. And that's what's illustrated here. Now, what difference does that make? Well, as I said earlier that Adam represented all mankind. You either remain in Adam and all of the destruction that his sin brought into the world, you either remain in him or you come to Christ and you are in him, no longer in Adam. Two choices. Two representatives. If you are in Christ, you have union with him, and he will never leave you or forsake you. If you are in Christ, you have union with him, and you are free from the guilt of your sin. If you're in Christ, you have union with him, and you stand righteous before God the Father. You stand as good as Jesus, not because of what you've done, but because of your union with Christ. And if you're trusting him alone for your salvation, you are in him, and you have union with him And this is your family table.